0: Welcome, everybody, to Latina's Friday. My name is Neda Pérez. I'm one of your hosts. A little bit about me. Hmm, where do we start? I was uh, born in Peru. I moved to the U.S. when I was nine years old. And I am probably the proudest Peruvian you'll meet. I have a Peruvian, (laughs) I have multiple tattoos. My friend Kim is laughing. She's your co-host. She knows. (laughs) Um, And um, as far as like what I do, so I am a product manager at a tech company. We build tools for developers, really nerdy, but also pretty exciting. Um, And I would say, given the very many paths I've taken, so just to give a Quick summary, I um, worked in finance and wealth management, then I moved over to um, learning how to program and eventually became a software engineer and then started a company and then ultimately figured out what I wanted to be when I grow up, which is a product manager. I think I think that's it, I hope so. Um, and so for that reason, I would say I'm, I'm a little bit of an expert when it comes to figuring out when's the right time to switch careers, what things I wish I knew, And um, just that general process. Um, And with that, I want to introduce you to my friend, my co-host, Kim Lopez. Take it away, lady. Hi,
1: everyone. Uh, Thanks, Meda. So great to be here. I'm really excited to say hi to everyone and just kind of get to know you through this really fun process. Um, But uh, as Meda Lee said, my name is Kim. I am from a very small state called Delaware. Uh, You might have heard of it. Um, I am a mom of uh, one little boy and another little one on the way, and I have um, a husband, he's also great, and and a (laughs) cat and a dog. We're very busy here in Delaware. Um, I am a program manager at an education nonprofit. Um, Prior to my current role, I have a lot of experience in college admissions and higher education generally, so definitely um, as a first gen to college as well, Madalisa identifies in the same way. This experience combined with my professional experience, I would say definitely I'm really interested in this in these topics. Um, and in my education nonprofit, I get even more experience in this side, these types of things. So really excited to to share a little bit around my experience professionally and personally and get to know the community.
0: And Kim, if we had to tell people why did we decide to start a podcast? What are we trying to do here in this community? What would you say it is? <laughs> Well, we
1: we have always been talkers. Um, oh my I god, love- we got paid for talking, right? But here we are. <laughs> yes. Um, I think all of the people in our lives know that we talk maybe a little too much. So why not um, take advantage of that? Um, and over, you know, through this pandemic and all these, you know, trying to reconnect and things, we've discovered that we really enjoy audio messaging. Um, So we have (laughs) a million voice memos that we can um, always go back to. And uh, it's really nice to hear Melissa's voice often um, in good things, bad things, funny things. And so, yeah, we figured People need to hear this. We're having these great <laughs> conversations.
0: 9 minutes long, that's the max. Actually, has it been 10 minutes maybe? Probably. Um, <laughs> you know, one of the things that we thought about when we we're um when we considered starting this podcast was how we felt very lost in a lot of our first experiences. Um yeah. Kim was my very uh, first friend when we when I went to Cornell, and uh, I really wish I had someone that could answer certain questions for me, like, how do I get my first internship? Or um, is my major, you know, the biggest decision ever that I'll make in my life? Um, well, do I even belong here? <laughs> <laughs> oh, absolutely. Oh, so absolutely. Awesome. And we, you know, we met at <laughs> a, a program that was geared towards minorities, um, which was amazing for us because it created a safe space mm-hmm. coming into the space, or coming into an institution that wasn't obviously filled with minorities. And, um, in some ways we find that often we are giving advice to our younger siblings or cousins or folks, younger folks in our community. And we just want to make sure that that information is um, shared across all who don't have a meta or a Kim who's reviewing their resume or chatting with them the day before their interview or my brother teaching <laughs> me how to code over Thanksgiving so he can get that internship at the IDB. Okay, Mark, I see you, you're welcome. <laughs> um, so we hope that that's, that's what we, that that's a community that we create here in Latinas thriving. It's not limited to Latinas. It's just the two Latinas talking, Carly. <laughs> yeah. That's how we <laughs> identify. Yes, we're very, very <laughs>
1: passionate about our identities. And I think other thing I'll just add is like, even after we've gotten older, you know, yes, I've worked in college admissions. So this sp- remains very relevant to me. But I think outside of that piece, you know, we're realizing we're in many, in many cases, the only of, you know, Latina or even sometimes person of color in our spaces. And so we've had to navigate a lot of things without a whole lot of help. And so even beyond that initial, how do I get into these spaces? It's like, then once I'm there, then what? And so we wanted to just share a little bit around um, our experiences in that. No, now, do we have all the answers? Absolutely not. But what we do have are our experiences. And um, we love to kind of, we, we think really differently. So I think we love to really yes, we do you know, play, and play <laughs> off of each other and, and push each other to think in different ways. So certainly excited um, just to kind of dig in around our, our own experiences and push our thinking, um, not only one and each other, but hopefully with the community as well.
0: Absolutely. And with that, given that we're, you know, at the start of the year, our first topic that we want to tackle is something that often comes up when you're starting the new year, which is, should I switch jobs? It often comes right new year, new me, like new habit, rethink everything. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Like what didn't work for me last year? (laughs) And so we want to kind of touch on uh, three high level points. The first one is the concept of a shit sandwich. It's a framework that I like to use when I'm evaluating whether I am wanting to move for the correct reasons. Um, We'll also talk about how to go about um, making that, taking that first step, what you can do that. And Kim has an interesting story around there. So very actionable steps like um, related to your network. And then finally, the third um, item that we wanna touch on is imposter syndrome. So much of it is how you go into this kind of switch um, uh, mentally. So let's start with the first point. Um, the, The concept of a shit sandwich, in fact, Kim was surprised to hear about this. She hadn't heard of this before. Yeah, I never heard that. <laughs> Does not sound like an appealing sandwich. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, you know, I, I gotta give credit to Mark Manson. He has this personal development blog. And essentially, what he was um, what he wrote about, and it really stayed with me because I was I've been a person, and Kim can attest to this, that I have constantly questioned if I'm in the right place. And we got to tell the story, Kim, where you say. Neda, I don't think what you have in your head actually exists because I would tell her I think it's finance and then I was like wait no it's not finance I think it's technology uh, wait actually I want to be an entrepreneur so it's just been kind of switching and even my poor mom at some point was like you need to settle down so when I found Mark Manson's blog and um read about the concept of a shit sandwich, it really blew my mind. Essentially, it's the idea that no matter what kind of role you have, you are going to have to deal with certain things that you don't enjoy. So for example, if you're a writer, you might love the solitude, you might love um, the creative process, the storytelling, the writing of the book. However, you may not love doing all the press that you need to do or the very, very many times you get rejected when you submit a manuscript. However, and those would be your shit sandwiches that you eat because that's just part of the process however what's really an interesting um, data point to look at is how much of what you enjoy about a particular role outweighs the shit sandwiches that you need to eat and if it's if it's so (laughs) Maybe you should call it something else. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right. And so for me, just to provide an, an additional example, uh, I uh, recently switched over to being a product manager after running my own startup. And I went through this set of this major question, which was what are those shit sandwiches that come with this role? And one of it is managing executives and their expectations and um you may not know, executives are people who want all of it, and they want it yesterday. It's a little stressful. It's um, like toddlers, they they're very demanding. Oh, very much so, very much so. <laughs> and then the other thing too is, um, we go to meetings. I sometimes want to tell people that's my job. I go to ten meetings a day, um, it, and 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 to some degree, it's because. Product management requires a lot of collaboration. So if I am um, building software and, and, and actually for folks who don't know about what product managers do is we essentially are the folks that tell the engineers what needs to be built. They figure out the how, but we have to constantly be aligned with what the customer's asking for and really truly understand, are we building for a problem they have or are we just building features because they've requested them? And so I have to do a lot of, I have to attend a lot of meetings, make sure I clarify things for engineers, um, but the thing about this role that was super exciting to me was the very nature of shipping things and actually building things from scratch, and that's what keeps me going every day. Is really understanding because it's an, an art to figure out um, how you want to build things in the right way. So, something to keep in mind. So, start with your shit sandwich. I know <laughs> that, that concept will make it'll, it'll it'll ensure that you remember this. But let's <laughs> move on to point number two,
1: Kim. Mm-hmm. So you've decided, just can't eat any more of those sandwiches. It's <laughs> too much. <laughs> it's time to start looking. And so this is something where a lot of people that um that Lisa and I know, and probably that you know too, start just applying to things, random, just like, I'll apply to everything. And while that is one approach, I think the better approach is really looking at your network and seeing... Hmm. this person's role sounds really cool or this person's role sounds like um, they might have a lot of connections and and be able to help me get into something that is similar to what they do or you know things like this so so I would definitely say yes apply 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 and analyze who you know who do you know that is going to be able to make those connections to you because nothing is better than I put my application in yesterday and suddenly my resume is at the top because I called xyz person and they said kim is amazing don't you want to interview her <laughs> 100 so. true all the time by the way <laughs> all the time like every single job except with exception of my very first job i got through a network a connection so definitely i would say you know whether you're on linkedin or you have an alumni portal or something that you can utilize like find people that you can connect with um and just reach out and say, hey, I'm really interested in hearing about what you do. I'm really interested in hearing how you got to where you are, whatever it is. Um, some people call them informational interviews just to kind of talk to them and see what they're thinking. My most recent role, I i have only been, I guess I've been here for about 18 months, almost two years in the summer. So um when I was ready to, to leave, I really didn't know what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to do something a little bit different. And so I started looking into my network and who I could contact. I don't think I've ever done that many information. <laughs> 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 I talked to people yeah. at the Department of Education. I talked to people at various universities. I talked to people um, that I hadn't talked to for years. <laughs> <Wow>.
0: <laughs> yeah. So you it was were kind of fun. He- sending dms left and right and to clarify this was all over through linkedin you just went through your list of contacts
1: some of it was through linkedin some of it was just kind of like i think part of it was linkedin like who might i be interested in talking to and then it was looking at the connections but of who knows those people mm-hmm. um and so i would see oh Medalisa is really connected to like these five different industries and she can probably help me talk to these five different people who are in those fields um, and so I ended up talking to a ton of people, mind you, this is all during like the peak of the pandemic. So all of these calls, yeah. I would have loved to do like coffee, but I was having tons of Zoom calls. Um, and so anyway, it was definitely interesting. It felt at times frustrating because it was kind of like, oh, I don't, I, I thought it sounded interesting, but after talking to them, I don't really know if that's something that I want to do. Um, But it was still nice because the people were always so kind and they were always very um, willing to help, even if I had never talked to them before. So um, I would definitely say it's fun to expand your network in that way. And it helps you to figure out what you want to do. The job that I'm in now, um, I actually had met these folks at the at the organization years ago when I was only (laughs) 23 years old, applying for jobs. And we really liked each other at the time. So I kept that connection warm. Um, and when I saw that they were hiring, I reached out and, you know, within a week or two, I got an inter- interview. So definitely um, recommend that you all do that. And um, don't be afraid, like, don't be afraid to just kind of the people that I spoke to, even the ones that I didn't end up either applying to or anything, They're still people that I like. There's still people that I want to be connected to. Um, and so definitely I would say, yeah, use your LinkedIn, go back through, like, just like rack your brain. Who do I know? Uh, my first job, well, my, not my first job, but the first job I had up here in my region, I contacted my mentor at Cornell and said, I think I'm going to go into admissions. I don't really know what I want to do. Uh, and she helped me get my resume at the University of Pennsylvania and pushed up as well. So I would just say, you know, you never know. Definitely. Um, just think about
0: the people that, you know, and, and, and talk to them, talk, 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 do the thing that Melissa and I love. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know, Kim, this kind of leads into what we're going to touch on next, which is imposter syndrome. But I, I think it might be important to remind folks there's this concept of weak ties or loose connections and sometimes you think, oh my gosh, this person is like really accomplished or busy or whatever, right? And you think, like, right. should I reach out to them? What are your thoughts there, Kim? Like, how did you go about um feeling okay? Like just reaching out to folks.
1: Yeah. So Mela knows this. I have social anxiety. So that
0: would definitely <laughs> be
1: weighing on me. Like, how could they possibly want to talk to me? Like, I know
0: I'm not like, why wouldn't they want to talk to Kim? But go <laughs> on.
1: Like, I'm not important. They're so important. <laughs> Um, but most people are very excited to talk to you. And honestly, they can say, no, they can say, I don't have time. They might probably won't say no, but they'll probably ghost you. (laughs) They they will either ghost you or they'll be like, I might have time in three months or something weird. And so then you'll know like, okay, not going to happen. Um, but yeah, definitely it's worth the try. What's the worst that can happen? So like, yeah. And if the, call, <laughs> what I think is worse is like when the call's a little awkward. Um, so definitely have some questions ready, like mm-hmm. go into it prepared. Um, if it's a, if it's, if you're lucky and I've had many of these calls where you end up like loving chatting with the person and you only schedule 30 minutes and it ends up being an hour.
0: <laughs> and that's Those great. are such wins, Absolutely. Yeah and and with that it's so much of it is just um the concept of the fact that uh, remembering the concept that people love to talk about themselves certainly I have had days where I have like 10 meetings and yet I'll be willing to chat with somebody who's trying to become a pm because I remember what that was like. And with that, I'm going to chat and start talking about imposter syndrome. And we will do a, a follow-up episode on this concept, but we do want to make sure we mention it when we talk about taking that career transition, especially because, or searching for that new job, because as women of color, it is no surprise that we um, go through this quite often. Um, I'll give a brief example, and then I'll have Kim chat about her experience as well. But for me, um About a year ago, so I've been in my role a year now, I um, was winding down my startup um, because and usually that is not associated with having the best of times, you know, your idea didn't work out and you're kind of just reevaluating things and I um, was thinking of where I was going to go next and I had really two main options in my head. One was to go back into engineering. I had that experience. I knew it was Um, well-paid. The second thing was going into product management. However, the ratio tends to be for every, um, say, seven or eight engineers, there's only one PM role because that's all you need in the team. And so it tends to be very, very competitive. The interviews can be very intensive, case study-driven, a lot. Mm -hmm. So um, I was trying to figure out what what where which next step I would take and i fortunately found a career coach and so much of our conversations were related to validating my experience that i had practicing how to talk about my transferable skills into product management, and reminding me that there was a really cool niche area that I could go into. And that was exactly what happened. I went into something that's much more technical, which has a lot to do with the fact that I was a former engineer, and also Uh, there was a really neat uh, fit with the person who hired me because he was a former founder and he wanted somebody who would hit the ground running. And that was a hundred percent your girl. Mm -hmm. So I would say it's very important to think about um, the true, the choices you're going to make and make sure those are not, um, limited by your imposter syndrome. We, we go through that and just talking it out loud with someone else, like already kind of helps you kind of, um, navigate that. So Kim, what are your thoughts? Um, how have you dealt with imposter syndrome and made sure that doesn't affect your um, job search or uh, I guess to manage it maybe?
1: Yeah, no, definitely. Um, friends, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Stopping me. I'm, I, you are good enough. What are you talking about? Um, yeah, it comes up all the time. Before I talk about that, I just wanted to say very quickly, we probably should dig into career coach um, at some point, too, because that I mean, at was the first person I knew that had actually utilized one, even though I had heard about it. And I've told so many people about your experience, because I think it's phenomenal. Um, but in terms of imposter syndrome, I mean, it happens even now, right? Yeah, this is not something that stops. Like she's like she said, we'll talk about it more like it happens. And once you're in the job,
0: two years old, you so are we sending each other voice messages about how I've just had imposters just today because I have this <laughs> weekly presentation where I get very nervous and I'm like, am I good enough? Do I sound smart enough?
1: I'm exactly. Like- <laughs> so we're not by any means saying that this is the only time you'll experience it. But certainly um, in one of my last roles, I was the director of these um, high school programs. So I was in charge of creating from the ground up. Programs that would help underrepresented students, first gen, low income, get into college. And I was like, what? (laughs) Me? Uh, How am I going to be a director? I'm not even 30 years old yet. Um, That's not possible. And like literally when I was the first day walking into that building and I saw the poster for the organization that I was going to be heading up. I wanted to cry I was like what did I get myself into I just left like a very good cushy job and I can't do this um before that I was working at Penn so a huge a huge institution lots, lots of support and then I was going into a one-woman show um so yeah it was definitely really hard at that day I probably texted 500 people like I can't do this and all of them were like, you're the best person for the job so while well, I don't I don't, I don't always recommend, you know, needing that outside validation. I think having that network of people that will validate you and will remind you, they wouldn't have chosen you if you, if you weren't the right person. And I tell this to my students all the time when they say, I don't belong at this college. They made a mistake that I'm going to fail out. No, I was an admissions officer. They don't admit you by mistake. This is a very, very thoughtful process. Um, and that is true of jobs too. It's a very, um, usually very thoughtful, often intense process like Melody's described. So if you're, if you're it, you're it. Um, and don't don't discount yourself, but it, it's, it's real, it happens. You just have to keep talking yourself through it, find your network that's gonna support you. Um, and then try to remind yourself that, you know, you didn't fall into this, well, mo- most of us, at least <laughs> women of color <laughs> certainly are not falling into these roles. Um, if you got there, we're clawing our way
0: in. So, girls <laughs> yeah. or men of color, people of color, if you got in, you got in on merit. <laughs> yes. Let me tell you, you did not get in just because of um, them needing to fill a quota or, or anything. And we can go into that topic um, as well because I think sometimes people will will, will make comments of that sort. But oh, absolutely, you have yeah. to, and, and Kim can talk about this, the holistic approach. But um, I I think one of the things that maybe the themes that we're driving at here is and and I think this applies to also certain emotions like shame, Um, you feed those emotions by keeping them um, just to yourself and they tend to grow. Um, whereas you remove the oxygen from that growing, the moment that you start talking one, maybe address it with yourself first and also share it with friends and they will remind you who you are, why you belong there. We tend to be our hardest critics. So the fact that, you know, you have these feelings it's it's normal, um, everyone has them. In fact, I wish I had the quote but I know Obama has had that you know feeling and so has Michelle Obama they're they're actually friends i just we're just kind of go by first name at this point right kim <laughs> um michelle our friend see. Well, i know she's listening to this podcast oh absolutely <laughs> um and with that um we are going to wrap up so we wish you a really awesome 2023 we are here for you if you are going through that job change hit as up. yeah let us know how going hopefully it'll be great (laughs) (laughs) indeed indeed thank you everyone for joining us and uh see you all next week oh and
1: please share this episode with someone who you think would benefit from hearing it we appreciate any support and we just look forward to getting to know you all cheers to that goodbye everyone